0: ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search for highly rated doctors near you that take your insurance. Once you've found the one you like, you can book an in-person or online appointment instantly. ZocDoc covers every specialty, so you can find the right doctor for any condition. Plus, it has reviews from real patients, which means you feel good about whoever you choose. Go to ZocDoc.com slash 20K and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's zocdoc.com slash 20k. Zocdoc.com slash 20k. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas Taylor. This will come as no surprise, but I am really into sound. And I don't just host a podcast about it, I'm also a sound designer. I started a company called De Facto Sound, and our team has been collecting and crafting a huge library of sounds for over 10 years. And when it comes to capturing the sounds of the natural world, there's an undisputed king. Gordon Hempton has made many of the best nature recordings of all time. Every reputable sound designer in the world knows his name, and you've heard his recordings in countless movies, television shows, and games. But Gordon isn't just an amazing sound recordist. He's also an exceptional listener, and we can all learn a lot from the way he hears the world. Today we're featuring a story by the podcast Sound Escapes. Host Ashley Ahern. spoke with Gordon. Here's Ashley.
1: What if you had dedicated your life to recording the sounds of the natural world? From the rainforest of Hawaii to the vast dry prairies of North America. But then, one day, you woke up to silence.
2: I have pretty substantial hearing loss. I have good days and bad days. And it was about two years ago that I couldn't understand uh, the spoken word on a telephone or anything like that.
1: Over his long career, Gordon Hempton has mastered the art of truly listening. He's known as the sound tracker. Some people call him an acoustic ecologist. His recordings and books have made him an international expert on the beauty and importance of undisturbed natural soundscapes and the ways human beings have changed them. Now, Gordon Hampton is losing his hearing. But with that loss has come an intense urgency to share his life's work and his passion with as many people as are willing to listen he'll give us a crash course in the art of truly listening, something that he says is a dying art that's constantly under threat in our noisy modern lives.
2: So noise pollution today uh, has become the curtain that separates us from what is truly meaningful. The connection that we have for gaining information, for our sense of place, from nature.
1: First, I want you to meet Gordon and hear the story of how he became the Soundtracker. Gordon Hempton believes that we are born good listeners, but over time, we lose that skill. As we age, our busy lives and cultural expectations pull us away from this wonderful innate skill that we all possess. Anyone who spent time outside with a kid, maybe on a warm summer night, walking through a forest, listening for birds, knows that children are the best listeners.
2: I find that they make great naturalists. There's nothing we need to teach a preschooler about listening.
1: Gordon remembers the first time he was captivated by sound. But it wasn't what you might expect. There were no birds or wind in the trees, no coyotes in the distance, the kind of soundscapes he spent his life recording. It was a much more simple, elemental experience.
2: I think the first time I listened to a natural soundscape was when I was a child, and I would dive into the pool, and I would let the air out, so I would sink to the bottom of the pool. and I really enjoyed the pressure around my whole body. It was was a swaddling effect. And when I was down there, I felt a calmness and isolation. And now, had I been a fish, it would not have been a silent experience, but with terrestrial ears, um, not much sound goes in. So it was that silence of the natural underwater world for me where I truly listened and didn't criticize it, didn't evaluate it. I simply took it all in.
1: That last bit, not criticizing or evaluating, just taking it in, is the foundation of being a good listener. And Gordon says that's what gets schooled out of us.
2: You'll receive instruction as soon as you go to school on how to listen. The teacher stands up in front of the class and says, Class! listen, right? And everybody turns in the direction of the teacher, and they find out, oh, she's important. And so listening is paying attention to who's important. And, you know, there you begin to apply filters.
1: Over the course of our lives, we just keep applying more and more filters. We filter out interests, hobbies, the types of music that we like or don't like, We winnow our experiences down to make the world more manageable and less overwhelming. Well, the same is true for the way we listen to the world around us. We don't hear the birds anymore, or the wind in the trees. And life is less rich for it, Gordon says. But here's the good news, we can relearn how to listen. Gordon had to do that too. But that didn't happen until many years after his experience as a kid listening underwater in the swimming pool. He was in his 20s, driving nonstop from Seattle to Wisconsin to start grad school in plant pathology. He's young, he's full of himself, he thinks he's got it all figured out. And on this long drive, he pulls over somewhere in the middle of Iowa, completely exhausted.
2: I just laid down in a cornfield to get some rest during a long drive, and a thunderstorm rolled over me. And I simply took it all in, and I had such a vivid Description of the valley as the result of the echoes of the thunder and the textures of the rain and the insects, it was so overwhelmingly informative about where I was. But the question that remained was, who was I? And it was at that moment that I truly listened, that I understood that I didn't know who I was, that I had been living someone else's life as if there was some invisible set of instructions, and that the first step that I would take in trying to discover who I was was to become a listener.
1: Gordon Hempton is what's called an acoustic ecologist. He spends hours listening to nature, all the intricate, subtle layers of sound that make up a landscape, and really, an ecosystem. He's particularly fond of the dawn chorus, that special moment as the sun rises and the birds greet it with song. Each day, as the Earth rotates on its axis, the sun's light spreads around the globe, and the dawn chorus happens again and again and again across the Earth's surface. It's kind of beautiful when you stop to think about it, that somewhere, at every moment, birds are awakening and singing to the sunrise. Gordon calls it the global sunrise. And he's described the Earth in his writing as a solar-powered jukebox. And he wants more of us to experience the wonder of actually hearing it.
2: I was recently in a very remote part of the Amazon rainforest, and I just was taking it all in, just like... Listening to the place and trying to relax because, you know, I knew that there were jaguars and there were, like, countless viparous uh, snakes. But relaxing, nevertheless, because the ears do contain some of the smallest muscles and bones, so the slightest tension will interfere. And I begin to hear the insect patterns and how they are rhythmic. And each rhythm is a different insect especially as the light weakens and we make the transition from day into evening and night. Oh, my God. And I realized this is the sound of the spinning earth. That this is actually like a huge clock. Now, I'm listening not just to the seconds, but to the milliseconds. And it's a beautiful clock. Suggests so elaborate and so precise that it's beyond human invention.
1: To make one of his recordings, Gordon chooses his spot carefully. He looks for parabolas in nature, places where sound collects and from where you can hear in many different directions, sort of like scenic viewpoints, but for listening. And often the locations he picks are popular with wild creatures as well. There have been times where Gordon will pick a spot and sit down, and then he'll notice that the grass is flattened or warm around him because a deer has bedded down there. He uses special microphones, arranged to simulate the human head and the way that sound comes from all directions. And once he's got his gear set up, Gordon will sit for hours, perfectly still, just letting the sound wash over him. It's a sort of listening meditation that sometimes reveals surprising things.
2: It takes me a certain amount of time just to get deeply immersed myself because it's not the early sound, it's not the obvious sound, it's those faint, uh, subtle layers which really provide the depth of the experience. I can't move my head or the microphone, we just pick it up. My eyes, you know, are quiet though. You know, they're just, they can move, they can look wherever they want. And then I look around and it's amazing how often that I see evidence of ancient people. I was in uh, the cliff dwellings area of Utah. I picked a site that uh, was indicated by wildlife to be a choice listening spot. So there I am. And uh, sure enough, my eyes then rest on the charcoal and the smudges on the walls that have been left there for literally thousands of years.
1: Ancient peoples, like those who left the charcoal etchings on the cliffs, depended on their ears to survive far more than we do today. The human ear evolved to hear within a certain range, between twenty to 20,000 vibrations per second. We don't all hear those frequencies the same, especially as we age and our hearing degrades. But there's a sweet spot, right around two to five kilohertz, which is the resonant frequency of the human auditory canal. It's the frequency our ancestors adapted to hear best.
2: Now, they aren't around anymore. We can't ask them or run experiments or even listen to their world. But what we can do is take all kinds of sounds, put them in the studio mix, put insects, frogs, Uh, put howler monkeys in there just because they're so much fun to listen to. I've even put modern sounds like people talking and highway noise. So I mix all these sounds together and then I apply a steep filter. So only those sounds that are around 2.5 kilohertz make it through.
1: There's only one sound that makes it through the filter.
2: birdsong. Birdsong makes it through. And isn't it surprising, and perhaps not surprising, that birdsong is the number one indicator of habitats prosperous for humans? That if the birds are singing, there's food, water, shelter, and there's also a favorable season to get the young off the nest. And I believe that the ability of our distant ancestors as Nobanic tribespeople to be able to hear faint birdsong guided them as a sonic beacon towards prosperity. And we are here today. Isn't that great? That birdsong, more than any other sonic element of nature, appears in our classical music, appears through the ages, that birdsong is music to our ears.
0: So what happens when you lose the ability to hear that music? We'll learn about Gordon's struggle with hearing loss and find out what we can all do to become better listeners after the break. this episode is sponsored by factor a chef prepared meal delivery service that i've used for years ever since i became a dad i've noticed two things that are much more important to me the first is time the more free time i have to spend with my family the happier i am the second thing is health i need to stay healthy not only for myself but for everyone around me and factor is a big help with all of these first factor saves me so much time I get delicious meals delivered right to my door that are ready to eat in only two minutes. On busy days, the time I save on shopping, prep, and cooking is a total lifesaver. And then there's the health side. Factor offers 35 nutrient-dense options to choose from every week, including options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, and more. Basically, whatever your dietary needs are, Factor's got you covered. Head to factormeals.com slash TTH50 and use code TTH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code TTH50 at factormeals.com slash TTH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
2: Huh. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. 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 Oh. Hmm. hmm.
0: What?
1: Oh my goodness. Wow.
2: Oh,
1: oh my gosh. What is happening?
2: Wow. Oh <laughs> my Radio
1: Radiolab. Whoa. Adventures on the edge of what we think we know.
0: Gordon Hempton is one of the most accomplished nature recordists of all time. After a long career as a sound recordist, Gordon has so much to teach us about listening to our world. Back to Ashley.
1: Birdsong may be music to our ears, but we live in a world where it is harder and harder to hear it, or any natural undisturbed soundscape for that matter. We humans are spending more of our time in crowded, noisy cities.
2: Urban soundscapes are the harsh reality. I don't think that I've ever experienced an urban soundscape where all the sound elements relate to each other in any way. It's simply an exploding place, and you're in the way of the shockwaves.
1: And that may not be good for our health. Research has shown that transportation noise can contribute to higher blood pressure and cardiovascular problems. Living in noisy environments can elevate stress hormone levels in our blood, even shorten our lives. And those clanging urban environments lack harmony, Gordon says. The sounds in a city have not evolved together, the way sounds animals make in nature co-evolve over millennia. If
2: the Pacific Wren is singing, it will be singing in its own bandwidth and niche in such a way that it's recognizable to other Pacific Wrens. And The thrushes, for example, will be singing something entirely different.
1: Gordon says that when we listen to nature uninterrupted, we start to hear a bioacoustic system at work, a network where birds and insects and predators and prey are all talking to one another, like a kind of sonic social network. If you want to be a good listener, Gordon says the first step is to acknowledge that you've probably been doing it wrong. The second step is to put down your phone, close that social media app, and take control of your own attention span.
2: In our modern world... We do have a choice to pay attention to this, pay attention to that. And there is such a thing as called the attention economy. It's kind of the new currency because when they get your attention, uh, then they can sell you this or sell you that. And that's the way the whole thing works in our world. But that is all intentional information. That's all information that's often loud and called important. And all these things remove us from the present moment. And once you become aware of the actual place you are fully, it's transformative. There's no other way of expressing it because you can never go back.
1: Gordon talks about noise as a form of pollution. It clouds out our thoughts, and it can even separate us from our feelings. So the next step to becoming a good listener?
2: Notice how you feel. There's already a conversation happening between your senses and where you are. So no matter where you are, notice how you feel. There is this connection going on. Stand in a downtown street corner for just a few minutes and then notice how you feel. And then make the journey sometime to a true wilderness area, and notice how you
1: feel. When Gordon's struggling with tough life questions, he says he tucks them away until he can get to his favorite wild place, way out on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington state.
2: And then I pull them out, and I ask the quiet um, in thought only, I read down the list, I ask the quiet, and the quiet immediately responds to me. Of course, not in words, but in feeling, in feeling, because it's, it's really not the information that's getting in the way, but it's the distractions of modern life that are getting in the way. When you're a true listener, there are no distractions. It's all information.
1: Gordon talks about his transformation into a true listener as a sort of pilgrimage. He says he realizes now that throughout his life, he's been on a quest to find a true connection to home, to the earth, through his ears. But then, one day at the age of 50, his ears failed him.
2: The first time I lost my hearing, I was laying in bed and I had my bedroom window open because I always, uh, I love sleeping where I can listen to the outside and know where I am. And I woke up one night and I was hearing vum, 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 vum,
1: vum. Gordon thought it was a large tanker ship motoring by his home on the Washington coast, but the sound was actually his own heart beating. Within a matter of days, his hearing was gone. He figured it was the flu and that it would pass and his hearing would come back. But as the months went by and doctor after doctor couldn't diagnose the problem, Gordon started to lose hope.
2: It was very discouraging. It took me um, really, it's hard. It's hard for me to relive that. I was uh, put out of work, unprepared to be out of work. I was cut off or from. Everything and everyone I loved, yeah. including the voices of my children. And on top of that, my own brain created a storm of noise. The sound was a lot like an AM radio signal being played through a long hose or tube. It strangely sounded musical, but you couldn't really make out a rhythm or any uh, words. Um, And the tune never seemed to change. That was my life, 24-7.
1: A year and a half went by, and Gordon was grasping for answers. He started sinking into depression. And then, out of the blue...
2: One night... Next to the wood fire, I heard the fire crackle perfectly in such detail. The cellulose uh, chambers collapsing and those high frequencies, and then plus the draw of the air. And like my the true world, the real world around me was so vivid, and it lasted like five seconds and then disappeared. That's all I needed. I knew it was possible to Mm -hmm. hear again.
1: As his hearing came back, Gordon threw himself wholeheartedly into his work. He started an organization to advocate against noise pollution in national parks and wild places. He wrote articles and did interviews about the importance of protecting natural soundscapes. But then, four years ago, Gordon's ears started to fail him once again. It was an April morning, and he woke up and noticed that he couldn't hear the sounds of the birds outside his window.
2: And so I... I leaned over and asked my wife, um, do you hear birdsong? And she goes, yes. And here we go again. And, um, once again, I, I didn't waste any time. I went to the doctors and, and got all kinds of, uh, diagnosis and prognosis and, um, And I'm still in the middle of it.
1: But he's determined to continue his work. He's hired two young assistants with healthy ears to help him go through the thousands of recordings he's made over his career.
2: You know, it's it's been interesting uh, to lose my hearing. Um, It started out devastating at first, um, but in the long term, it's really been a blessing Um, Because I can no longer work alone, and I have to work with young people with perfect hearing, this is an opportunity for me to pass on not just the information of what I've learned over the decades about listening to nature, but also to pass on my
1: passion. Gordon still doesn't have a diagnosis for his hearing loss but he does have a heightened sense of urgency to bring his recordings to the greatest number of people while he still can. Because the ability to listen, to truly listen, is such a profound gift.
2: I'm sure there are people that take their hearing for granted. And all I can say is, um, boy, you have a real transformation coming up. You're going to find out that sound will
0: change your life. Gordon has teamed up with Sound Escapes to create a six-part series, taking listeners on an audio tour around the world. You'll be immersed in amazing soundscapes from some of the most unique ecosystems on
1: Earth. We'll start in a rainforest on the Big Island of Hawaii in episode two. Then, we'll head to the grasslands of Saskatchewan to hear a Prairie Dawn chorus, complete with coyotes. In Episode 4, Gordon takes us to the land between the lakes in Tennessee. Then, in Episode 5, we're off to the banks of the Mississippi River in Arkansas to hear so many birds that Mark Twain called the experience a jubilant riot of music. Episode 6 takes us to a remote lake in eastern Washington. And finally, we end in Ecuador with some amazing sounds Gordon recorded along the Zabalo River.
2: Well, for me, the podcast series is an opportunity of a lifetime because I've spent a lifetime recording all over planet Earth, and I do have my favorites. It wasn't hard at all for me to pick themes or locations where I felt these moments as a listener— of being spiritually enlightened just from listening to the real world around me, where I felt like, oh man, life is beautiful. What an opportunity. But beyond that, I want you to know that these are only invitations, these podcasts, to the live concert. These are invitations to listen to yourself and not listen to what I think you might want to listen to, but invitations so you can go and explore the world, notice how you feel, listen to the place, and find your special
1: spots. These recordings are Gordon's gift to all of us, and we're so grateful to share them with you. Let's start listening.
0: 20,000 Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound, a sound design team that makes television, film, and games sound amazing. Find out more at defactosound.com. Special thanks to Ashley Ahern, Mark Bramhill, and the whole team at BirdNote. The soundscapes Gordon created with BirdNote are truly spectacular. Really, they're not like any podcast out there. You don't want to miss them you can check out the whole series at birdnote.org soundescapes or search for sound escapes wherever you listen to podcasts. You can hear more of Gordon's work and buy recordings on his website, soundtracker.com. Also, if you're a sound designer, visit boomlibrary.com and look for the Quiet Planet series. They are incredible and we use them all the time here at DeFacto Sound. Finally, You can interact with me on the 20,000 Hertz Facebook and Twitter pages or by writing hi at 20k.org. You can also find our archive, show notes, and transcripts on our website, 20k.org. That's 20k.org. Thanks for listening.